Jesus Spirit will lead us, to guide us. And it simply means above nature. What is above nature? Supernatural means above nature. That which is beyond or added to nature. Often so considered because it is given by God or some force beyond which humans are born with. For instance, in Roman Catholic theology, sanctifying grace is considered to be a supernatural addition to human nature. That's in Roman Catholic theology. But men consecrated, yeah, they feel a supernatural is being added to human nature to function from a different capacity. So that makes the sanctification process supernatural. Two, supernatural is not of the usual, meaning when something is supernatural, it is no longer natural. By implication, it's been altered by forces that are not understood fully, if at all. So that's why you see when healing takes place, you can understand what was responsible. You don't understand what healing really is. Because it's not usual and it's not normal. So it's supernatural. Number three, supernatural is neither visible or measurable. You can't measure supernatural things, neither can you see them. You can, you can determine how somebody's healed. You can measure it. In medical sciences, you can, you can measure the quantity or the amount of tablet or the doses, for they call it the dosage you give. But when healing takes place, you don't know how much the dose of the spirit entered into the man. <laughs> so it's not measurable. That's supernatural. Does it make sense? Yeah, it's not visible, it's not measurable. That's, that's what it is. You can really predict it, you can determine it, you can measure it, you can factor it in any way. It's just supernatural. So summarily, we find that Supernatural is that which is not normal to human existence or birth. It's not normal. It's not something that is readily seen, measured, uh, contested with, if you will. It's not. Uh, I'm going to use some scriptures to back up this simple definition. Um, I'm told not to go very deep, and I'm going to try to make sure I'm not going to go very deep. <laughs> Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 10. And we'll look at verse 1. Regarding the love of Saul. Which to a large degree I mean, agrees with the simple definition we have given. 1 Samuel 10 verse 1. Then Samuel took a veil of oil and poured it upon his head. That's upon the head of Saul. And kissed him. And said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? Then Move down to verse 5. After that, thou shalt come to the hill of God. Where is the garrison of the Philistines? And it shall come to pass when thou art come either to the city, that thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high places with the psalm street. 
and a timbre and a pipe and a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and thou shalt be turned into another man. That's the key point. You shall be turned into another man. So the supernatural turns you into another man. From who you were to somebody else. By reason of the oil that came upon the head of Saul, he became somebody else from who he was from birth. That's supernatural experience. So if you take this, you begin to realize that even your, your birth into the kingdom is supernatural. And good enough, Pastor uh, Similan made a statement yesterday, the supernatural is not limited to just healings. Like this case now, this is a supernatural experience. So we have to understand that. So essentially, every believer ought to be walking in the supernatural. Whether you're healing or you're not healing, there are dimensions I'm going to make you see it. So that you also can know that it is not just about maybe the minister or the prophet or the bishop. It's about a believer. Now the word another, we say another man, is arke, which actually means next. Means following. Next. But one of the definitions that I find about another here is strange. When he said he became another man, simply means he became a strange man. And that's why you find that people begin to ask, is Saul also among the prophets? Because he's behaving strangely from his normal life. So he's a strange man. Supernatural has taken place in his life. And that is very important. And so when people talk about another level in life, you know, you hear people talk about going to the conference for another level, to the next level. Essentially, what they are trying to say is we want to make you come to experience the supernatural. Because that's the word next. When you say another, it means next. One man was Saul. Now another man is Saul prophet. Or Saul prophesying. So it's the next level for Saul. From the ordinary man to a supernatural man. So again we find that the word, like I said, means strange. And the word strange is also very important. It means not normal. When you, are, when you experience a strange thing, or when you experience the supernatural, you are no longer normal. It means odd. It's like odd later, odd figure. It means unusual. It means surprising. And it means out of the ordinary. Out of the ordinary. The supernatural. It's out of the ordinary. That this is good definition of look, it means unfamiliar. Something that is not familiar, something that is not common. Something that is not a daily occurrence. It is strange. And not everybody knows it. Not everybody has experienced it. That is supernatural. And when he said, became another man and he prophesied, the word Nabal, just as who prophecy means to speak by inspiration. 
talks about the discus, and it says something here, make self a prophet. When he prophesied, he made himself, by reason of that oil, a prophet. So it's another man, it's a strange man, it's an unusual man. Nobody knows Saul to be a prophet in the land. Now he was prophesying, so he's completely an unusual, strange being among his people. Supernatural. So you find that when you truly encounter God, in what we're discussing, you become a changed man, even in your home. Within your family circle, within the environment you find yourself, you are a strange man. That's supernatural life. And um, let's look at another thing. I'm still explaining the life of Saul. Acts chapter 10. Let's look at verse, uh, verse 8. I mean, 1 Samuel 10 verse 8. 1 Samuel 10 verse 8. And he said, And thou shalt go down before me to Giga, see, speaking to Saul. And behold, I will come down unto thee to offer burnt offerings and to sacrifice sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days thou shalt tarry till I come to thee and show thee what thou shalt do. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. Now, the, what I'm interested in here is another heart. That makes him a supernatural being from who he was to another person entirely. And this, this goes to the issue of your new birth. Making you the true sense among your family of those who are not born again, a supernatural man. Because you receive a new heart, which is a heart of flesh from the Lord, whereby you cannot obey the laws of God which is basically the Feast of Pentecost, to cause us to be able to obey the word of the Lord. Supernatural man. So the word heart, leber, in the Hebrew, actually made the heart very widely used for feelings, the will, and even the intellect. Likewise, for the center of anything, understanding, well, willingness, and wisdom. God gave him another heart. Also means God gave him wisdom. Amen? So now, Saul's wisdom, permit me to use this word, was upgraded. He had another heart. God gave him another spirit. And he can think differently from who he used to be. A supernatural man. So wisdom... Is part of being a supernatural being. That's why I'm saying it doesn't have to do with just because you can heal people or something. It's part of it. I'm coming to that. But so that you also can understand that you can be a supernatural man by reason of wisdom that comes upon you, which is the wisdom of the Lord. That makes you a supernatural man. Strange fellow by the way you think, by the things you say. Praise the Lord. Now that takes me to Daniel 1 verse 20. Another heart means wisdom. God gave him another heart. First, I mean Daniel 1 20. You know the story of Daniel, but there's something I want to point out to you here. 
And in all matter of wisdom and understanding, that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. If I read it from the message translation, this is what it says. Whenever the king consulted them on anything, on books or on life, and I want you to get that, on books or on life, I would like that to challenge you as a believer that there are things you must know both on occurrences and about life. This king need to know some things on books and on life. And Daniel was able to give answer to all of this because he got wisdom. We don't have to and we can't afford to be lazy, especially as ministers, in terms of reading. Because you see, if you truly understand scriptures, you'll find that. Man fell not because he couldn't pray. He fell because he partook of another knowledge. With knowledge of good and evil. That's what led to his fall. Not because he wasn't praying, not because he had no relationship with God. But knowledge estranged him. And so Colossians 3.10 said the same thing. For you to come back to who you used to be, you got to receive knowledge. That is why Malachi 2.7 says, At the mouth of the priest shall they seek knowledge. So the priest is meant to dispense knowledge. And as men receive knowledge, they get back to the place of dominion. You can afford to be lazy. Not to study. And I always say to people, God didn't say read the book. He says study. And he says study to show yourself approved unto God, not unto men. So there are studies you do, you align yourself with the thoughts of men. But you need to find out whether what you're believing has the approval of God. Because you study to show yourself approved unto God, not unto men. So here we go. Whenever the king consulted them on anything on books or on life, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his kingdom put together, magician properly here, sacred scribes, skilled in the sacred writings, which was actually a class of the Egyptian priests. The magicians were a class of Egyptian priesthood. And Daniel was able to outwit them even in that which they know. These people were knowledgeable people, but Daniel had more understanding even in that which they have. He knew more than they do. Are you with me? And that is why you find that you have to be, you have to be vast. God has to help us to be vast so that you can be able to confront even the taste with all his wisdom. You have to study. It's part of the supernatural. Amen. Now, this is from the Hebrew word, a pen. The word in English version, magicians, means a pen. Writers, scribes. So magicians are not those who are caught people in contest. 
but people who can write, people who have knowledge. Hmm? So we're contending with great philosophers in the world, and that is why your knowledge has to be sharp and high. And that is part of the supernatural exhibition of the influence of God's Spirit in your life. That's working in the supernatural. Contending with philosophers, if need be astrologers, those who read horoscope. You have people tell you to send your day so that they can tell you what your future looks like. Now the Bible says we are, we are sitting together with Christ in the heavenly places, and that's above the stars. So how can that which is under me control me? I'm sitting, I'm sitting with Christ in heavenly places. I'm above the stars. That the star can rule me. So why would the star determine my life? That's the realm of the fallen man. You are sitting together with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers, and above the stars. So the stars on that you can control you. So horoscope have no value for me as a believer. That's what I'm trying to say. Now, the man gave from one of the six divisions of the Medes, the astrologers, the Hebrew enchanters from a root to conceal uh, practitioners of the court arts. So these are the occult section. You have the magicians, you have the astrologers. I mean, the, the other people, these are the two people you contend with in the world. Now, what I'm very much impressed about is the definition of the one ten times in my study. The word ten times literally means ten hands. <laughs> ten hands. The wisdom of Solomon, I mean of Daniel, was ten times better. That's what the scripture says. Now, the word ten times means ten hands. So what does that mean? You put ten hands together, you have five people. So a supernatural man have the wisdom of five people put together in his life. For everyone working in the supernatural, your wisdom is five times five people. What I mean is five people put together, their reasoning can contend with your reasoning. It's five times better, meaning you have the wisdom of five people in your life. I like Hallelujah. That's why you can't be outwitted by any man. Because your wisdom, if you put five people sitting together and you are alone, your wisdom is higher than five people put together. Because ten times means five, five hands. And ten people have five hands. Or five people. Are you there with me? Five people have ten hands. You see what I mean? So you can afford to be Sorry. We can afford, not you, we can afford to be foolish. Hmm? We can't afford to be foolish. There is no room for foolishness as believers. Because we are ten times better. Why? Walking in the supernatural. So put five guys together looking at you. And the question comes, your answer will act with them. Even if they are consulting right there, you see out with them. Supernatural. Wisdom. Hmm? So, this has nothing to do with the priest now. This has to do with you as a believer. Daniel was more carrying Bible and preaching in Babylon. Hmm? Yeah, I'm talking to you as a believer. You can work in the supernatural. In your business places, in your stores, wherever you find yourself, you can work in the supernatural. You have mind that enables you to do business and that you won't fail. You work in the supernatural. Men's business are collapsing, but yours is surviving. Why? Because you have wisdom that is better ten times. 
So why have we find verse 20 that the king required? That is to say, the king was looking for men who are endowed with great ability. That shows part of his great care, whom he can choose to be in offices of trust, namely, person excellently qualified to serve him in the great affairs of the kingdom. Now, if a natural king will be looking for men with this kind of wisdom, what do you think about the almighty God? He can afford to look for people who are... <laughs> are you there with me? That is why you need to study. If the natural king is looking for men with wisdom, do you think God will just choose anybody, pick anybody? Why do you think in the first place God really picks all? Huh? Not because he was killing people, per se. You realize that when Jesus was crucified, it was written, King of the Jews, and in three languages, Latin, Hebrew, and uh, whatever, Aramaic. And Paul understood all of these languages, so he was best qualified to go to the people. His knowledge, everybody that was passing through where Jesus was crucified could read that. And all of those three languages with which it was written, Paul understood them. So it was best fitted to go and explain that thing to the people. That was the choice of God. What from that? Knowledge. God is not joking. You can go far if your knowledge is limited to your environment or locality. If it is just your language alone, you can go far. God can send you that far. Your perception about life, your views about life, and what you know about life, informs God's decision for your life and where to take you to. You have to understand this. Hallelujah. So the king was looking for this. God is also looking for that. So we'll find out God prompted to honor a contempt upon the pride of the Cadians and poor honor on the low estate of his people. What do I mean? God calls the wisdom of Daniel to be higher than all the astrologers of the Chaldean's world. And what happened now? He reduced them and promoted his own through knowledge, which is wisdom. So I found that when the church begins to walk in the place of the supernatural wisdom, they will downsize others in the offices and the affairs of life. You're looking for people to be promoted in offices. They ought to be, and they should be, and they ought to be Christians. Because of the wisdom that they have. As supernatural beings. They should be the one to be located. Are you with me? You don't contest this if you're performing, if you're giving answers, if you're providing solutions to your boss. Even if others are being dropped, you will not be dropped. People will engage you in the offices. I'm not just looking for people to occupy the seats. They are looking for people that can provide solutions. But I'm saying the supernatural can enable you to do that. Hallelujah. Don't forget, Samuel was a consultant for the affairs of the people. So Saul had to go find answers to his problem there. He was a consultant. He, what we call consultant. The Bible said, he's a seer. Yeah. Who is a seer? Somebody who can, who can perceive stuff. Somebody who can see beyond the natural. 
So they were going to Samuel to consult. That's why Saul had to go to him to consult for the lost houses. So for me, he was a consultant. Are you there with me? So you can, you can tell me a spiritual consultant. Is I'm just referring to him as a seer. He was a spiritual consultant in the land. And everybody was going to him to find answers. That is the way it should be. Man wants solution to the problem. I believe that very soon the world will learn that those who choose their attendance from those who have been trained in the knowledge and the fear of God will be the best to serve them. I believe that. If you have the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, the choice of the next face of this world that is coming is going to be you. And that's working the supernatural wisdom. The world will soon be looking for solution from the church. If we are prepared to move beyond the level that we are now to what God really intends the church to be, the world will look for the church. Are you with me? This is what is needed today, betting people in position of influence through the supernatural influence that comes from them. Hallelujah. Okay. I, I like verse 10 again, 4 Samuel 10, 10. And when they came to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him, and the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. What does that mean? The supernatural will cause you to meet men of like mind that will enable you to fulfill your prophetic destiny. You can only be found among those who have been supernaturally endowed and moving in another life altogether. If you're walking in the supernatural, you're going to be meeting with men who are walking in the supernatural. Because deep must call unto deep. So if you see yourself see gravitating towards the other men, then of course it simply shows that you have not encountered the supernatural. You haven't. Because when the supernatural came on Saul, he met men who were already supernatural. By that, I mean to say they were already prophesying, so he was involved in the prophetic dimension because he was now another man. So if the supernatural have turned you to be another man, you can only meet men who are another man. So you think about your engagement in life. Who are the people that are truly men you are fellowshipping with? That will tell you precisely whether you have encountered the supernatural or not, at least for the moment. When you sit to people and you are discussing, what do you receive from them? What flows out of their mouth? Because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What flows out of their mouth? The men who have encountered the supernatural, they speak things that will continuously upgrade you to another level. The truth is, if I'm discussing with you and I'm not getting anything, I must call the discussion. Because deep must call unto deep. Your company and fellowship changes. You walk among the best of the best in God's own circle. If you are counted the supernatural. Amen. Verse 21 of Daniel 1 says, Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus. What does that mean to us? Simply means you will ever be in the mind and men not wanting to let you go. <laughs> he continued 
because his wisdom was ten times. Five people put together was Daniel. So there was no way the king would let him go. And of course, we made to understand that this Daniel transcended the four kings in Babylon as their political counselor. That's interesting. I'm looking at the point at which even in this country, the mayors of the cities, we get to invite the church to come sit with them in parliament to give answers to the problem of the cities. That is working in the supernatural. It's not a matter of going to point finger. You sinner, repent. That is not the issue. The sinner needs a solution. Provide the solution. So how do you see that? That one day in this nation, Christians will be invited to parliament to discuss matters. Not because they are politicians, but because they have to provide solutions. Why? Because they have the wisdom of five people in one man. Are you with me? Is it interesting? <laughs> Let's move on to something else. Say that for you to understand I'm talking to everybody, not just pastors. Everybody can walk in the supernatural. That's what I mean. That's what I try to explain. Let's look at Luke chapter 1 verse 31. Luke 1 31. That was the prophecy that came unto Mary. And behold, thou shalt conceive in, the, in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then saith Mary unto the angel, How shall this be seen and know not a man? <laughs> Hallelujah. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. <laughs> the supernatural is God's favor that singles you out from amongst men. It glorifies you and proclaims you. Hallelujah. Why is it supernatural? Because here is a virgin getting pregnant. You can explain it because supernatural things cannot be explained. Did you get that? It's not normal. It's not usual. It's abnormal. It's odd. It's unverifiable. A virgin gave birth, supernatural. And because the supernatural came on him, I mean, on, on her, she was proclaimed, she was glorified. So the supernatural influence and power of God triggers you from below to the top. Are we together? So for a virgin to give birth, like I said, it's not normal. So the life of the supernatural man cannot be defined by natural indices. You cannot locate who or she is. You can use anything to measure the supernatural. So you can determine, you can verify it, you can experiment it, that a virgin 
she become pregnant. But the outcome of this supernatural touch was that she was shut out from amongst men. Her name become prominent. You're looking for fame? You need a touch of the supernatural, which is God's favor upon your life. That adjusts it. Sometimes you wonder amongst people, you can see people trying to make a choice and say, you, I want you to come out. You, you, I need you. What prompted that? They are not the only people sitting in the congregation. Why? Why are they making the choice of these people? This is supernatural life, God's favor coming upon them, shooting them out from amongst the crowd. You can come out of the crowd if God is supernatural. Sometimes you go to places you find out at the end of the day they are choosing to become a leader. You're wondering why and how. You never contested. You didn't raise up your hand. And they can just look at you and say, hey, you, come, come. Uh, come. Can you just please come and stand for us and, and lead the people or be the captain of these people? Why is he making that choice? It's God's favor. God's supernatural finger resting upon your life, shooting you out from among the crowd. You need the supernatural. Hallelujah. It's an abnormal thing. And it's good for us to live abnormal life. Because we're abnormal people. As far as the world is concerned. We are abnormal people. Let me show you a scripture on that. Mark chapter 3 verse 20. If our time is coming up, just let me know. I don't mind. Even if it's only two points I'm sharing with you, it's fine. <laughs> All right. Mark 3.20. And the multitude come together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. That's after Jesus done the healing. And when his friends had eat, heard of it, they went out to lay hold of him. For they said, he is beside himself. He is beside himself. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He had Bezebub and by the prince of the devils cast it out. I mean, Devils. Now the point I want you to know is the word beside himself. When you are beside yourself, you are mad. So what I mean to say, this man is abnormal. Can you get that? Supernatural. They said he was mad because he was no longer living the life he was born with among his people. People around him or people around you will truly be the one that will state what has become of you. Listen closely. If you have encountered the supernatural, it's the people around you that will really state that you have encountered the supernatural. Jesus was walking in the supernatural. They say he's mad. He's abnormal. He's no longer with us. He's no longer part of us. His identity has changed. Can you pick that? Saul prophesied. What did they say? He's Saul also among the prophets. It's people that will say you've got encountered the supernatural. Just by the life you live. Because you're no longer living the life that you were living before. So even in the area of finances, men are struggling to make a living, but you're just flowing because you're operating the economy of heaven. You are living in a supernatural life. Men will be wondering, how are you doing it? Supernatural. 
You getting that? It's people that we say this man has changed. He's an abnormal person. He's living a life completely different from our lives. He's living a supernatural life. Hallelujah. God will cause this to happen to all of us in the name of Jesus. For Jesus is smart. For Saul, he's Saul also among the prophets. When natural men and family members can easily predict your lifestyle and the things that happen to you next, then you have not started living the supernatural life. Are you with me? If they are falling and they say, but you know we are all going to fall. If they are saying things are not working, you are also saying things are not working. Then they know you have not started living the supernatural life. Once you encounter the supernatural, they will be the one to say, this man has changed. Something is happening that we can't understand. It's Saul also among the prophets. How could Jesus that was born by Mary be doing this? Father referred to him as the son of Joseph. How can the son of Joseph be doing this? He's mad. It's abnormal. So your people, your family member, your society that you're living in, they will be the one to first of all identify that you have encountered the supernatural. Because your lifestyle will change. Your language changes. Your smile changes. Amen. <laughs> Even your smile changes. Oh, I like that. Thank you for helping me. Amen. Oh, yes. Your smile changes. How many of you know that smile is contagious? And smile is equally spiritual. You won't understand. I used to say this. Whatever a man swear, that shall he also reap. Whatever he sows is whatever he sows. So if you sow this plant, you reap this. If you sow guava, you reap guava. If you sow mango, you reap mango. You can sow mango and reap orange. It's whatever you sow. And people think it has to do with only money. No. Smile also is a seed. You so smile, people smile back at you. You want to create joy? Come on, open your teeth. Hallelujah. It's a smile. You wake up in the morning. Smile at somebody. Smile at the day. You are sowing seed. Whatever you sow, you get. Sometimes you get crazy and say, people don't like me. How can they like you? When your face, there is no smile in it. It's a big problem. People don't understand. Wake up in the morning, greet you, good morning, good morning. Come on. What's the problem? Jesus died, rose, glorified. Life is sweet. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Give a smile to somebody. That's what life is all about. <laughs> Amen. So your smile changes. You walk in the supernatural. This is very easy. It's simple. It's not a big thing. So if you feel you can do healing, at least you can smile. Amen? No, what I'm saying is very important. Two persons have joined our fellowship just because of what I'm saying. Okay, blessing that we're going to wed just this month was in one of these big churches. One day I was walking down towards them, herself and the fiancé, they were coming towards me to discuss some stuff, and I see both of them struggling. But I can perceive, one is saying, don't tell him, this one is what, what? So they came and said, no, 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 no. Felix, he said, you got to tell me, what is the problem? He said, she's telling me I should not tell you something. I said, what is it that she's saying? He said, she likes your smile. <laughs> Say, this pastor smiles a lot. I like him. That is why he's in the church. I want to go to convert by smiling. I didn't preach, but I preached through smiling. 
She's in the church today. Member of the church because of my smile. Man, life is not coming down. Be happy. Say rejoice and I say what? Rejoice. A supernatural life. It's not a big thing. No, you said I should be simple. I'm trying to be simple. <laughs> okay, Luke 5, 17. Let me touch something. Luke 5, 17. The Bible says, And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctrines of the law, sitting by which were come out from every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I want you to catch this. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. I will say something there. Follow me. The power of the Lord. It means the mighty and miraculous power of the Lord. That is of Jesus. Was here to heal them. As many as were diseased either in body or soul. Healing is not just only in the body. Your soul also needs healing. Okay. So we find out where the teaching of Christ is. There is also the power of Christ to redeem and save. Now permit me to say this. There's a big difference between the power of the Lord and the anointing. I'm sure I'm not looking for trouble. When in Luke 4, 17 to 18, Jesus picked the book in the temple and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He has already been anointed before the spirit came. What was the anointing? Anointed me to open the eyes of the blind. That's an assignment. So anointing is the assignment of God on your life. He didn't say this man were healed by the anointing, but by the power of the Lord. That is why you find that in Isaiah 45, God referred to King Cyrus as his anointed. What was the anointing of King Cyrus? To build the wall of Jerusalem and to get the people back from captivity as a king. He was, he was a passion king. He wasn't a Jewish man. He was not in the temple. So how is it that he was anointed? Because God gave him an assignment. So your assignment, you're anointed. And I always say, every one of you here sitting down, you're anointed, but you don't know. You think it's when I pray for you, you fall down, that proves my anointing. No. If I poke my hand your electricity right now, I will fall. Why? Because there is a power that is higher than my energy that I can resist, and I fall down. That's why when you pray for people, people fall down. It's the power that is making them fall down because an energy is surging into their body that they can't resist. You don't call that anointing. Anointing is commissioning. Anointing is a consecration into an office to do a job. Let me leave that. But what am I trying to say? Jesus was preaching. In fact, he was teaching. He wasn't doing healing service. I want you to call that. He wasn't doing healing service. But the power of God was present to heal. So as he was teaching, healing was taking place. What does that mean? You carry with you the power. 
By implication, as a supernatural man, things happen just because you are around. You don't have, you don't leave the supernatural behind when you travel. Anywhere you go, you carry the supernatural with you. It's a life that is resident on your inside. You have to understand that. Whether you're in the plane, whether in the bus, you have the supernatural. That is why if you see a sick man in the bus, you don't need to go read some scriptures before you lay hands. I always say this. If you go to the hospital for somebody to have maybe a problem that requires operation, and then he's already going, has a heart problem or hernia, kidney problem, and then here is this man on the stretcher, here is this man on the operation table, and then the doctor says, okay, hold on one minute, and then carries some big book and is flipping to the page to find out the problem and how to solve the problem. The man is dying. He's reading a book to find an answer. He's not a qualified doctor. So when issue arises before you and you're going to look for a book to open, you haven't received them yet. You don't have understanding that wherever you are, you carry the supernatural. It's on your inside. Is the life of God. You can't leave it behind. You can't travel and leave it at home. No. Anyway, even in the toilet is there. That's why you can speak in tongue even in the toilet. Okay. You will catch that later. So you see, Jesus merely ministering and standing amongst people. Things can just be happening without you lay hands on them. Understand that there is a difference between the anointing and the power of God, like I said before. Let me read the scripture for you. What the power of God does. Romans 15, let's look at 18 and 19. I'm going to read it from the message translation, but let me read the King James first. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit. So that from Jerusalem and around about unto Eleuchium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Now, let me take this from, don't forget the word, the power of the Holy Spirit. It didn't say the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I want you to catch this because it's very important. Romans 15, 17. I'm reading from the message. Looking back on what had been accomplished and what I have observed, I must say I must pleased in the contents of Jesus. I even say proud, but only in that context. Verse 18. I have no interest in giving you a chatty account of my adventures. Only the wondrously powerful and transformingly present words and deeds of Christ in me that triggered a believing response among the outsiders. It triggered, it stirred the miraculous, powerful wells of Christ and His Spirit in me. Stirred the people. And a lot of things begin to happen. Can you get that? Supernatural. Once you believe, when you have the understanding that there is a life beyond this life and the life is in you, you can live a supernatural life. And things will happen. Of late, we keep on seeing people coming to the church. I said, why do you come? I just was passing by, and something keeps saying, meet with the pastor here. Meet with the pastor here. Others say, I just see the building, and something enter here. 
Even when I was back home, now I was giving. Uh, uh, they just told me three people walk to the church on Sunday. People just come in. Something is attracting them. That's a supernatural life. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? Praise the Lord. So we talk of mighty signs and wonder. Paul is here saying that through the power of the Holy Ghost, he was enabled to make work among the Gentiles mighty signs and wonders that were fully convinced that both his doctrine and mission were divine. Therefore, they cheerfully received the gospel of the Lord. Meaning, walking in the supernatural will produce conviction in the heart of your listeners and making the work easier and labor-free. Amen? <laughs> it makes the work easier and labor-free. We only labor to enter into the rest. We're not laboring to do anything. For even did that labor to build the house, they labor but in vain. There is only one labor God gave to us. Labor to enter into his rest. He didn't say we should labor to build. For he that build the house and labor to build, build but what? But in vain. Except the Lord build. But he said labor, labor in what context? Labor to enter into his rest. Hallelujah. The supernatural therefore is grace factor. It's a grace factor. Now, I, I remember an incident. A lady was sent to me early this year. She walked into the office. She couldn't look at my face. We were talking. She was sitting down. I said, Madam, talk to me. He said, I can look at your face. I talk to me. I can, I can look at your face. What's the problem? This is somebody who is married, but she was affected by negative spirit and she was going out with other men and somebody saw her in a beer parlor she was drinking beer her husband was at home with children with a man friend and he said come madam when he came so i want to take you to somebody else and then he brought her to me she could look at my face i said what is wrong with you he said i can't look at your face why there's something just coming out of you I'm looking at your eyes. I can't look at your eyes. I said, okay, let's pray. He said, don't come close to me. I said, why? He said, as you stretch your hands, something is coming from you. Please don't get close to me. I mean, it's not you. A supernatural life. Today, she is completely free. I didn't even pray. After discussing to her, she is completely settled matrimonially, taking care of her husband. She is completely free. Supernatural life. It's not, it's not labor. Let this life be embedded in you. Realize it. Things will happen. Hallelujah. Now, you see, this is what led to Peter healing people without laying hands. The Bible said when Peter was walking, remember that? Sick people were laid on both sides. Why? Supernatural life was coming out. Healing was taking place. How did Peter contact this? Mighty 17. You know the story at the transfiguration. You read from verse 1. There is something very interesting I would like you to see. The Bible tells us that Elijah and the people came. And then verse 5 says, And behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved son, whom I will please. But if you look at from Luke account, which is chapter 9, verse 34, he said, while he thus spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them, and they feared as they entered into the cloud. 
they entered into the cloud. And so when you enter into the cloud and come out of the cloud, you are completely another man. The cloud overshadowed Mary, the seed was birthed. The cloud overshadowed Peter, the seed was birthed. So when he was walking and men were getting healed, it was that life coming out of him. Supernatural life is under the cloud. If you can enter under the cloud of glory, if you understand, and I'm going to show you how we contact this cloud. How many minutes more do I have? Five. Oh, man. Do we borrow time here? You got you to loan me. I'm not saying give to me. Loan me. Can you loan me some few more minutes? Thank you. I'll pay back. <laughs> I'm going to pay back anytime. <laughs> okay, I'll pay back today, but just loan me some time. Okay. You have to be enveloped in the glory cloud of the Lord. Talking of the manifest presence of God. So the cloud was responsible for Peter's shadow healing the people. You find that in Acts chapter 5, verse 15. You know, they say time is not there, so let's not read. Um, <laughs> Okay, let me just go down to something. How do you provoke the cloud? How do, you, how do you make the cloud visible? How do you bring the cloud to a place where you can also enter into it and experience what I'm talking about? I just want to look at that. Isaiah 6 verse 1. You know this story? And they heard that King Uzziah died. Is that okay? All right. And the cherubims were there. And what happened? The Bible says they are six wings. And they have one thing in common that they were talking about. Verse 3. And they were saying... Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and his glory has filled the earth. His glory. Who is present his glory? The glory of the Lord. Who is the glory of the Lord? Christ. Hebrews chapter 2. Christ is the express image and the glory of God. Is that okay? That's why you see, you can't start talking about all I've seen and come short of the glory of God. That was then. Not now. All have seen and come short of the glory, but now you're no longer short of the glory because the glory has come upon you. Huh? Okay, let me leave that. Is that okay? But they were saying this one thing. Okay, let's get down. Remember, they were saying one thing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of mighty. Okay, Luke chapter 1 verse 46. Oh, now Kobe is going to make me run fast and I don't want to do this. I want people to catch this. Luke 146. He's even standing there. He's even standing there. He should be sitting down. <laughs> okay, 46. And Mary said, My soul don't mark the Father, Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty had done to me great things. And holy is his name. You together? Holy is his name. Very interesting. The seraphim was saying holy, holy, holy. While it's saying holy, holy, triple holy is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The three God in one. That's why they were saying holy, holy, holy. But here, he simply said holy is his name. Now, think about it. Holy is his name. How did he get to see it? The glory cloud. When they say holy, holy, what happened? The glory cloud. Can you get that? How do we provoke the glory? Let's speak of God's glory. Let's speak of his holy name. Let's speak about God in our churches. Let's provoke his presence to come. It's Jesus. Holy is his name. The more you speak about the glory. It's, listen to me. It's like saying, if I stay with you, 
and they're looking at you, and I'm saying holy, you are saying holy, holy, holy. As you keep on saying holy, what happened? The glory comes. Look at this. Psalm 111 verse 9. He sent redemption unto his people. He had commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverence is his name. The more we declare God's name, the more his presence is made manifest in our lives. Meaning, holy is the abundant goodness and kindness of God. We keep proclaiming the name of the Lord and holy is his name, which is what? His goodness. I get sick and tired going to churches and the, the, the only thing you can ever hear is the devil. I get sick and tired of it. It's the devil. Everywhere is the devil. What is wrong with us? As a man tinkers in his heart, so is he. Declare the holiness of God. Declare God's name. It's Jesus. I have found goodness because his glory overshadowed me. And the holy thing that shall be in my spirit or my womb shall be called the Son of God. And Paul said, I travel in bad pain until Christ be formed in you. Why not we corporately try to get the Christ formed within us by declaring his holiness all the time? Christ is holy. Let's keep on saying holy, holy unto the Lord. It is his name. Hallelujah. The more we say holy, the more his presence come down. Holy is his name. I'll see you next week. Next week, I mean, not next year. Next week, yes. You bringing me back. <laughs>